It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mades. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades from denverstiffs.com, the largest ever Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out the site, denverstiffs.com. I actually just put up a column today, my pickaxe's nose column. A deep dive on what it means to have a read and react offense. It's kind of a complex um, thing. You know, I think a lot of people here, you don't call plays, oh, it's just chaos and guys are moving around. There's there's, there's actually a really beautiful structure um, to the chaos. And I try to explain at least a little bit um, what that looks like and, and, and kind of what it means to read and react to the plays and give some video examples, drop some diagrams. Pretty cool. So, Check it out. I think um, if you like this show and you kind of like the uh, um, the nerdiness of, of some of the X's and O's and stuff, I think you might enjoy that article as well. So go to DenverStiffs.com and check it out. It's a long one. It's going to take like 15 minutes to read, but uh, it's a good one. This episode of the show is going to be on the trade deadline. We're in trade season. It doesn't feel like trade season. This is Everything's been kind of quiet this year. I mean, I say that. Blake Griffin got traded, so a superstar... <laughs> A tenured superstar got traded, but it just feels like um, I don't get the sense that like big things are on the horizon. And for the Denver Nuggets, now I could be wrong. Knock on wood, you're listening to this and like some crazy deal has just gone down, and um, then you can laugh at me. But it seems to me like like maybe it'll be a, a more of a small small moves type uh, trade deadline. Um, I also want to say before we get into it that uh, you're going to want to download the Draft app on your phone because Draft Wednesday is on Wednesday, and I always challenge you guys at some time during the day, I challenge you to a, a duel, a daily fantasy duel. So download the Draft app, uh, put $20 in your account and using promo code LONUGGETS, LO like locked on, LO Nuggets, and then find me, username LONUGS, N-U-G-G-S, Follow me and you'll get an alert on your phone when I throw down the gauntlet. So tomorrow, we've had so many people join. I might do two leagues tomorrow or maybe a 12-person league. I'll have to look in and see what it is, um, but try to get a lot of people involved. There's cash prize, obviously, for it, so it's a lot of fun. All right, let's get into it. So the trade deadline. Let's first talk about needs. I'm going to go to needs. I'm going to go to assets. 
I'm going to be a, go to a few names that have been um, mentioned kind of publicly so far, and then I'm going to go to players I like um, at the end. So uh, I'll kind of structure it that way. First of all, needs. I think there are four needs that the Nuggets roster has at the moment that can be addressed at the trade deadline. Not necessarily should be, but but can be addressed at the deadline. The first one is a backup point guard. And I know a lot of Moutier fans are rolling their eyes out there. You shouldn't be surprised by this. If, you, if you've listened to the show for a while, you, you, you kind of know um, my thoughts on Moutier. I think, he's, uh, I think he's a super talented player, and you know I don't think it's worked out for him in Denver, and I, I don't think that the Nuggets can or should um, rely on him for, you know, for too much longer. That doesn't mean that they have to get rid of him or anything like that. Um, but I think if the Nuggets improve their backup point guard position, I think their roster immediately becomes better. Um, so that that's that's one. And I wish uh, if the Nuggets do move Moody, it'd also kind of be best for him. You know, he's behind Jamal Murray and Gary Harris right now, pro- behind Will Barton, who the Nuggets have. At least there's been rumors that the Nuggets would like to re-sign. So he's kind of buried on the depth chart, and and also. You know, maybe he needs a change of scenery just from Denver, um, and, and yeah, preferably East. I don't want another Yusef Nurkic situation, but maybe sending him out East and giving him kind of a new, fresh start would be the best thing for him, and I think that would be great. People think I hate Moutier. I want to see him do well. Um, I just would like to see him do well, not in the Western Conference, if the Nuggets decide to move on from him. So um, so he's a guy I think uh, – so, so backup point guard I think is certainly a need, and if the Nuggets had a player, preferably a defensive-minded backup point guard I think would be best. Um, but secondly, kind of a low mistake backup point guard. So if it was more of an offensive guy, somebody that's a low mistake guy can shoot um, and can just run an offense and steady the ship. I think that second unit is so chaotic, and it has been all year. Almost as the pieces have changed, the bench has kind of remained chaotic. Um, and I think having kind of a calming presence in there um, will really, really help because that first unit has been fire. For most of the season, when Millsap was healthy, the first unit was killing it. Um, over the last eight games, first unit is killing it. So uh, if you get that second unit to be a little bit more consistent, even if they're a net negative, if they're just kind of a little net negative or, or a break-even kind of, kind of unit, I think the Nuggets are going to be in really good hands. Second thing the Nuggets need is salary cap relief. And this one isn't urgent, um, but the Nuggets do, I think, need to – there, there's some contracts that I think they would like to to get rid of, to unload sometime between now and the end of next year. Um, the way the luxury tax works is whatever your salary situation is at the end of the year, that's, that's how it is. So you can enter the season over the tax, but you have to end the season under it, and or, otherwise you have to pay the penalty. Well, with the Nuggets right now, you know, next year they got $110 million committed as uh, Gary Harris's deal becomes, uh, you know, jumps up into that um, that enormous $74 million deal. He starts getting paid on that. Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley, obviously. And then they got some holdovers, Kenneth Freed and Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler, a player option. Financially speaking, he'd be crazy not to pick it up. But, um, you know, there's always a chance that he just wants a new – there's always a chance he opts out just to get away from Denver. I, I have no idea if he wants that or not. But um, I think it's at least fair to speculate that maybe he would want to change the scenery and would opt out. Darrell Arthur has $7.5 million player option. He's same thing. Uh, he'd be crazy to waive that. So I suspect he would stay. Kenneth Freed, no option. He just has the $13 million. So – the Nuggets have those big contracts. They also have to sign Nikola Jokic next year. I think we, this has kind of been well documented. I think Nuggets fans know they'd like to provide some salary cap relief. So if they can get off 
um, you know, one of one or two of those huge contracts for Reed Wilson Darrell, then I think they would be they would be more confident that they can re-sign Barton and also get Jokic into a max extension, which is I think what they're going to offer him. It'd be crazy if they offered anything less, and I, I I think they're going to be as aggressive with Jokic as possible. They need a small forward again. Wilson Chandler, the starting small forward, I think. Um, not the small forward of the future. I I actually think Wilson Chandler, like my favorite starting lineup when everybody's healthy involves Wilson Chandler at the three. I think him Millsap Jokic as a front court is, is really, really versatile, really, really good. Um, So I am not one of the people that thinks, Oh, you got to get rid of Chandler. He's an anchor on this team. I think he's been fine. He's the worst starter of the five starters, but I think he, he, his height and some, his versatility really unlocks a lot uh, of what the nuggets do best. That being said, you know, maybe there's other guys that, that can get that done, and maybe there's uh, you know an opportunity to bring in a younger guy who brings some of the same traits as, as Wilson Chandler and, and on a cheaper deal, and one that doesn't risk you know Wilson picking up that option and kind of hurting the Nuggets financially. So a small forward, either a starting one or a backup. Now, Torrey Craig has been playing, and he's been playing a little bit small forward. Will Barton, same thing. But you still think you want to have an actual – guy that you can throw out against the LeBrons and Carmelos and Paul Georges of the world. Not your, not somebody that's going to shut those guys down, but at least somebody that doesn't give up a size advantage the way, say, a Will Barton does. You remember Will Barton guarding Carmelo. Carmelo's just too big for a guy like that, and, and it gets ugly. And then lastly, open up a roster spot for Torrey Craig. I think Malone really likes Torrey Craig. I really like Torrey Craig. I think he's a good player. And so clearing um, right now, long story short, the Nuggets have him on a two-way contract that expires very, very soon, and they can sign him to a, a full-time deal uh, if they open up a roster spot. If they don't, then they either have to cut a player, which I don't think they're going to do, you know, eat a contract and cut someone. I just don't see that happening. Or um, they have to send him back down to the G League, and he's no longer available. So I don't think the Nuggets would like to do that. I think Tory belongs in the, like, if you think about a nine-man rotation, I think he's very likely to be one of the nine guys. He provides something that nobody else on the roster does. Namely, I call him Crash. That's like my nickname for him because he just plays like with reckless abandon. How many big spills has he taken this year? Um, and it's because he really puts himself out there and hangs himself out to dry. So I love the way he plays. I don't think he's a high-minute-per-game player, but I do think he's a glue guy and and a guy that kind of gives you know what you get from him every single night, and I'd love to see him on the roster uh, more permanently. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Right, let's look at the assets that the Nuggets have, and these are not in order of, of a priority or anything, but these are the things that the Nuggets um, kind of are are likely to consider parting ways with. Like, I can't say, oh, yeah, they can trade Gary Harris. That's not going to happen. That's Why would they do that? All, all that stuff. So this is just guys that I think are at least likely to be discussed in, in trade talks. Not that they're necessarily trying to move them, but they're likely to be discussed. 
First, I already mentioned Emmanuel Moutier. Um, why would a team take him? He's young. He's got so many raw tools. I think his upside remains really, really high for a player who has underperformed the way that he has. In other words, I think he has the potential to be a very good player relative to how poor he has played in his three seasons so far. So, so that's the perfect, that's a perfect opportunity for a flyer. I mean, you know, Will Barton wasn't playing a whole lot of minutes when he was in Portland. He's clearly a better player. He just was in a bad situation and didn't have an opportunity. I think a team maybe looks at Moody and says, you know what, we'll take a flyer on him. Um, if he doesn't work out, no big deal. But if he does, you know, he has the upside there, the size and all of these tools. Um, that maybe we can have a better effect on him than the Nuggets have. So, so there's Moutier, Malik Beasley. Beasley's a guy that I think um, it's just unfortunate that he, you know, he came to a place in Denver that already had players ahead of him. He's still ridiculously young. Um, he's uh, a guy that can really flat out score the ball. I imagine in like just a pickup game or like a pro am, he stands out. Uh, so he's a guy that I think another one you just take a flyer on. He he's actually more in the Will Bart, Barton mode than Moody. Moody, you know, had a lot of minutes and hasn't panned out. Um, but I think there's still hope there. It, but Beasley is a guy that I think um, he's more like Will Barton, where you see the talent. It's just where does he fit in on their roster? Can the Nuggets open up a spot and they just haven't been able to for a year and a half? And and for good reason. He's not. I don't. I don't think he's. There's anybody you say, oh, he should be playing ahead of him. So he's a guy that maybe a team says, you know what, we have a spot for him, we have a need, and we're willing to be patient and kind of treat him like a rookie. And and maybe in a year's time, he's a he's a very very good player that we got almost like a draft pick. So Beasley's a guy I think teams will have some interest in. Juancho Hernan Gomez is another one. He's a guy that I think is a really good high offensive IQ player. He spaces the court well, cuts really well, offensive like great nose for offensive rebounds elite shooter his season just got wrecked I mean he's the guy I would hate to see Wancho go I'll be honest Wancho uh I could stomach Moutier and Beasley being traded but Wancho's the guy that I would just it would really be a drag to see him go because I like his game so much his defense is a real problem and you know maybe with Jokic you just think okay these guys will never be able to kind of coexist we need it's just not a good pairing but I don't think we know that yet and this year, to me, I just don't judge Wancho by how he looked this year. He admittedly looked really, really bad when he played, but I just throw it out. It, does, it didn't exist to me. I'll go off of how I felt about him at the end of last season, which was I was really, really, really high on Wancho, and I'm just going to remain so. That being said, you have to give something up to get something, and Wancho's a guy that if maybe a more perfect fit uh, was out there, maybe even a bigger deal, um, he's a guy that you include as part of a, a multiplayer package. So Wancho's a guy that I'm sure people have called about and I'm sure teams are interested about. Tyler Lydon, uh, a little bit less so. I think Lydon and Lyles have a similar profile in some ways. I, I haven't seen Lydon enough to really have a great scouting report on him, but you know they both shoot the ball. They have similar builds. Um, I, I think you look at them at least somewhat similar. The problem is Lydon now with the injury and also you know, Wancho in limited minutes has played really, really well uh, at the NBA level and at the Euro League, you know, Euro basket level. Um, Leiden, we haven't seen that, so I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, I don't know if there's a market out there for him. But he's another guy that maybe it's the sweetener that that gets a deal done, and, and maybe that's somebody Denver is more willing to to part with. Wilson Chandler, obviously we talked about him. He's a guy that uh, I think a lot of teams can use. He's like a, a multi-tool, so a lot of teams can use him. He's not gonna, he's not like the star piece that a team's missing or anything like that. But maybe somebody looks at him and says, 
Um, man, he gives us depth. We can play a, a very switchable lineup. That's the nice thing about Wilson is, you know, just for just for, just for example, just going with an example here. I don't think it's going to happen. But if Cleveland said, you know, we've got a lot of length, but if we added Wilson, now we could play like five guys who are all six eight, and we just switch everything. And Wilson in a lineup like that can guard one through five, and 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 just kind of be a be a glue guy. You know, maybe teams look at him that way, and and they're willing to kind of roll the dice on him. Kenneth Fareed, I don't know what his value is based on his contract. I think the Nuggets are more likely. Uh, again, it's weird because he's in this space right now where he's not. Play- he's got to be miserable. He's not playing. He's really not part of this team. He's been good. You know, he's been a good trooper, and you know, you still see him like kind of celebrate on the bench and stuff. I, I shouldn't say I know he's been a good trooper. I have no idea. From what I've observed, he's he's like hasn't taken it out on his teammates or abandoned his teammates, which to me is very important. Quitting on your teammates is, is something that I, I just can't accept. Quitting on you know, an organization or forcing your hand out, I don't like it, but at least I get it. But quitting on your teammates, you know, those guys didn't do anything to you. And, and Farid, I think, has done a, from what I've seen at least, has done a good job of not, not do, quitting on his teammates. That being said, maybe the Nuggets hold on to him this summer and they think, okay, as an expiring contract, he's more movable. Or maybe he's more movable next year um, at the deadline. Uh, at the trade deadline next year and he just ends up riding the pine for another season in Denver or like agreeing to a buyout or something. I have no idea. So, um, but he's another guy. It's a lot of money that the Nuggets could clear up if somebody was willing to take him on. But I think he's more of a guy at this stage that if you traded him, it would be more like you have to include something like a first round pick just to get rid of him. And I don't know that the Nuggets are interested in doing that. Will Barton is another guy. He's on an expiring deal. There's been rumors the Nuggets want to resign him. I like Will Barton, and I like him in the starter starting lineup. I think he's good. Um, obviously, uh, not a very good defender. I think a, a pretty ba- bad defender, actually, pretty awful defender. Um, maybe the worst defender on the Nuggets roster. But I do think offensively he provides so much punch, um, and there's, I think, a lot of teams that would be interested in his services. It should be worth noting that next year there's a, not a lot of teams that have salary cap space. So as Will Barton approaches free agency, um, I just raw value, I think he deserves a pretty good contract because he's a good player and, and a lot of teams could use him. In terms of what the teams have to offer him, he might be a little bit disappointed in the market. So um, teams might look at that and say, you know, we're going to get his bird rights. We can go over the, the salary cap if we bring him in at the deadline, like right now, um, without it costing us in the penalty. And so maybe maybe teams look at him like that and, and they want to take a flyer on him and they think he'll be a little bit cheaper. So he has a lot of value, I think, even though he's on an expiring deal. Now, I don't think Denver would just trade him um, – for no reason I think they really like the way that the team looks with him but uh he's a guy that if they really got a good player they they might be willing to part ways with him and then lastly a first round pick they've got second round picks as well um but that first round pick is the thing that has value I project it'll probably be somewhere in the eight I don't know 16 to 23 range and I guess 15 to 23 Rangers, a broad range. Not a great pick, but not a bad one. I mean, if the Nuggets had the 18th pick in this year's draft, they probably would have had OG Ananobi. So they could have gotten like Trey Lyles and OG Ananobi at the same in the same draft, and that and I think everybody would be feeling good about that. So it's not one of those things. You know, I see a lot of people thinking like, oh, and we'll throw in a pick. Like it's just 
I don't like a you know you throw in a some breadsticks next to your salad or something like that. Like no, the the first round pick, especially as the Nuggets segue from this rebuild that they're in to this next phase where they're gonna you're talking about a lot of guys that are gonna get paid a lot of money: Plumlee, Millsap, Jokic, Harris, eventually Murray. There's a lot of money that's going out the door. You have to have guys in the rotation who are not making a lot of money. You just can't sign everybody to big deals. And one of the ways you have guys for on cheap deals is that you get them in the draft because you get their rights for four years and you get them at a really, really, really ridiculously cheap rate. So I don't think you can just say, oh, the Nuggets don't need that pick. I think they're more likely and more appropriate to part ways with some of the young players on their roster right now that maybe don't fit as well. And maybe maybe in the draft you can kind of target a player you're looking for. The other thing is, you know, if you don't make big deals this 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 year and you end up with like the 20th pick, and then you have Malik Beasley, who you're saying, okay, we could probably move on from. Uh, maybe he, you feel he's more expendable. You you package the 20th pick and and Beasley, and maybe you move up to the 14th pick, and 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 there's a now you're talking about there's just more flexibility for you to kind of go out and get the exact guy that you're looking for um in the draft that maybe fits your your needs for the next four years so that first pick i'm not as likely even though that it's even though the 20th pick in the draft isn't likely to be a great player i still think it provides the nuggets an opportunity to get four more years of a cheap player and tim Connolly and and arturis karnasovas and the staff have done such a great job in the draft that i'm willing i i, I almost it's like i i want to keep pulling the lever right like i want to keep uh I, I want to keep trying to hit the jackpot with these guys because I think they've done such a good job over the years. So that's like a, an area of strength. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. A couple names that have been mentioned, Tyreek Evans and Marcus Smart, and these have come out in reports, I should say, one thing I've learned from covering the league is that these rumors that come out, sometimes they are preambles to something that's about to go down. It's like, oh, I'm hearing this, and then sure enough, a deal's getting done. A lot of times that's not the case. A lot of times there's some kind of trickery or, or, or weirdness going on. So when I hear Tyreek Evans, Marcus Smart, I don't think, oh, man, these guys, they're at the, the goal line. This is really get, about to happen. I think, whose information is this? Why are they putting it out? What's the, what's the point of putting some – you know, something like that out. Um, I don't think these are by any means done deals. But since they've been mentioned, I'm going to talk about them. I am not a Tyreek Evans fan. I really, really, really don't like Tyreek Evans's game. Um, he's he's not, you know, the, I think if you listen to the show, 
um, and, and you're you're kind of a, a an astute NBA uh, fan, you kind of see the types of players I like. Number one, high IQ players. Number two, unselfish players. Um, and number three, low mistake players. You know, I don't. I almost don't. I always talk to people. I I, I think of players in terms of like two scales, zero to ten. What what the good things that they do. Can you rank that their their good impact on a scale of zero to ten, and the things they do poorly rank it on a zero to ten or negative zero or zero to negative ten? And you think like high mistake players, no matter how good they are, high mistake players are big negatives, and it just cancels out in the wash, or is it a net negative overall? Whereas players that aren't like Tyus Jones to me is like a plus four, like he he's not like a superstar player. Superstar would be like ten level talent, you know, that he brings to the table. Um, Tyus Jones like a four. The problem is he doesn't have very many negatives. He's a low mistake player and doesn't make mistakes. And I love guys like that. So he ends up being a positive player for you, not because he's this super positive, brings all this stuff to the table, but because he doesn't he doesn't hurt you. He doesn't work in reverse. Tyreek Evans is a guy that I don't actually like the stuff that he does on offense. I, I don't value it as, as high as, as most. Some of the one-on-one scoring and just the barreling towards the rim type stuff and uh, high volume shooting. I, it's not it's not my I, I don't think the Nuggets necessarily need that. First of all, Nuggets offense, if they're back to what I think they are, they're going to they're going to roll uh, they don't need these types of scores. They're going to roll through ball movement and smart plays. Um but secondly, I just don't think Tyreek really fill, fills a void that the Nuggets are lacking at the moment. So I'm not a big fan. Now the one thing I'll say is he's an expiring contract and if the Nuggets were willing or able to kind of pick him up as a salary dump like you know you shed Kenneth Fareed or or something like that. And yeah, maybe I you know maybe I'm a little bit more interested because worst case scenario it's just you have him for the end of the year and then he moves on and and maybe that works out, but in terms of like how he fits the roster, I I'm not a huge fan. Marcus Smart. I I Marcus Smart's a super mixed bag, man. He is a really 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 mixed bag as a player. Malone's gonna would love him. Defensive intensity through the roof. He plays as hard as Tory Craig does, only way more effective. He's tiny, but he's somehow like strong as an ox and can guard. <laughs> he can guard like one through four, despite the fact that he's not all that tall. He's just an incredibly great defensive player, tenacious, instinctual, and he would he would single handedly elevate the Nuggets' defense, especially with that bench unit. The bench unit would become. Uh, you know, Torrey Craig and him together would just be like an annoyance to the opposing teams every single night. And it would be fun to watch in that regard. Offensively, you know, he makes a lot of winning plays. Like sometimes he'll make some high level passes and just like Torrey Craig, second chance opportunities where he never had no business getting them. The flip side is he sometimes makes some really um, Moutier-esque annoying play, like plays that just drive you nuts where he takes a ill-timed shot or dribbles the ball for too long or misses a really simple read or, you know, things like that. And I think he would be a player that you would simultaneously, like, jump off your couch cheering for and pull your hair out in the same game. That being said, I like Marcus Smart. He's another low risk guy because if it doesn't work out he'd be gone at the end of the year you can uh his contract will work out that you can i think he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year let me let me see my notes here um but so so i think that there's an option there for uh yeah he's a he's a restricted free agent so there's an option there that that i think it's kind of low risk in that regard now danny ainge has has been a tough negotiator and i think a successful negotiator he's won 
almost all of the deals that he has gone in, you know, that he has made. So there's a little bit of a nervousness of, you know, trying to play and win a game of poker against Danny Ainge. His track record is very, very strong. Um, but if something popped up for Marcus Smart, um, you know, first of all, Moutier with Brad Stevens, I think would be good. Brad Stevens seems to kind of get the essence of players and then kind of exploit their goods. So if you're a Moutier fan, I don't know if there's a better spot for him to land than Boston. That could be a great place for him. They also like length defensively, and he's a, Moutier has great size and length. He could he, he, he could fit along really, really nicely there. So, um so I like smart. I'm much higher on the smart idea than Tyreek Evans, but what would it cost is the big question. And with Danny Ainge, I, I fear it would probably cost uh, a little bit too much. All right. Lastly, I'm going to go to names. I like, um, admittedly, I've watched less of the NBA this year outside of the nuggets. I've watched more of the nuggets and more consistently like rewatched games with the nuggets this year, um, than any year prior. And I've watched less of the NBA, but partly because I'm not writing for a national outlet at the moment. Um, so, I, I am doing a lot more stuff with the Nuggets, but I'm doing a lot less uh, around the league. But that being said, there are some players that I kind of that I have watched and kind of enjoyed. Damari Carroll uh, on the list. He's a pretty neutral player. I'm not I'm not in love with Damari Carroll, and his contract is kind of huge, 15 million a year for this year and next. Um, so his contract not something I like, but Brooklyn is in a position where they can take on a lot of contracts. So. Um, it's one of those things where maybe Denver can unload two of their bad ones or, or one or, you know, Kenneth Freed might be willing to take on. And if that's the case, then you're not really losing out on money. You're, you have you're taking back the same value as you're as you're sending out the door. I think Damari Carroll is a guy that he's not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose them. And I think he's going to play hard. He's got the size. He's basically, I mean, he's basically Wilson Chandler, probably just a, a, a little bit better, quite frankly. And, and um maybe maybe a more willing offensive player you know Wilson I think has been super passive this year especially um Damari Carroll I think would just cut and play hard and stay in his lane on, on the offensive end another Brooklyn guy Rondé Hollis Jefferson the reason Brooklyn guys are hopping in here for, for one I think they've done a good job of acquiring quote-unquote assets players that that work in trades on good values and, and things like that um and also because I think they're a team that's like actively always trying to improve they're in that spot right now where they're not good and they're not going to be good for a while so they're just going to try to flip uh you know you know three nickels into a quarter type thing so uh ronde hollis jefferson i think is a he's a guy i don't i don't really know his game well enough but he's got the length um you know he's got the intensity that uh, that I think he could play that three spot, and he's young. He's like 23 years old. It's kind of exciting thinking of another young player coming to this roster who can grow into it. Now, you know, his shot's not great. It's basically like Wilson Chan. I think he's like 34% or something like that. It's good enough that you can't just leave him wide open, but he will also be re- receive the other team's worst defenders on most nights. And but you know, he, with with size and length and an ability to to kind of fit into a system, I think he would be good. And um, one of the things about the Brooklyn coaching staff, I think they play a smart style of basketball where they spread the court and they tell they have guys kind of react well. So I think he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he got here and had his best and, and improved offensively quite a bit, staying in his lane, not forcing terrible shots, and and kind of learn to grow into this. Um, the system that the Nuggets are starting to really get back to. Lastly, a Brooklyn guy, and this is probably my favorite one, Spencer Dinwiddie, CU guy, uh, having a career year, one of the leaders in RPM overall, not just of point guards, but overall. Talk about low-mistake players. He's a zero-mistake player. He's just such a low... 
Um, he's just a guy you don't have to worry about. He would come in and run that second unit incredibly well. Um, you could probably play have him play a lot of minutes with the first unit even because he, he can shoot the ball and he can just do a little bit of everything, get into the paint, get the ball where it's supposed to go on offense. Um, he's, I think he's a great player. I was surprised that Brooklyn that has put his name out in trade talks. Um, I'm surprised by that because he's having such a good year. Now, again, I think a lot of these Brooklyn guys look better in their advanced stats in part because of the way that the, that Brooklyn plays, they play, they spread the court, they shoot a, a lot of threes. They, um, I, you know, I think they, they do things to, specifically almost to make their guys look better than they are. But Spencer Dinwiddie's a guy that he's looking so good that even if he's only 70% of what he's looked this year, he's still a darn good player. And then you factor in the fact of him coming, quote unquote, coming home. Uh, it just could be a really good thing. So I, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he'd be an A plus backup point guard here. And, uh, I'd, I'd be all for that one. Devin Harris is another guy. This is, uh, uh, my colleague and friend Harrison Wynn's favorite uh, trade target. Devin Harris, uh, longtime pro, 34 years old. He's been around for a while. He's another short-term play. You have him here probably just for one season, but he's a guy that would – he his role would be very well-defined, and he would probably execute that role very, very well. He's seen the NBA, everything the NBA has to offer. Nothing's going to surprise him. He's going to run it like a vet and stay in his lane, and he can knock down open shots. He can get the ball where it's supposed to go. He can defend the point of attack. So he would be another guy that I think you look at and say is good. Darren Collison, um, this was a guy that I think was on a lot of people's radars, uh, just came up with an injury. It's probably going to miss till after the All-Star break, so that factors in a little bit. If the Nuggets were to kind of send out players, then they would have to play at least the next three or four games without with like a really, really short rotation or like move up Richard Jefferson or Monte Morris or somebody like that um, to, fill, to fill a void. Like if they sent out Moutier and um you know Wilson Chandler or something like that Denver's rotation would get really really tight so Darren Call but Darren Collison's a great player a heck of a player and would be like a top 6 player on the Nuggets roster so bringing him in um would be pretty good and I think his contract's pretty pretty nice as well and then lastly and this is the most pipe dream one this is one's like completely unrealistic Otto Porter, and the reason I throw it out, I threw this out over the summer as like a player I wanted the Nuggets to target, even though I knew it was almost an impossibility. It turned out to be actually be an impossibility. A restricted free agent got an enormous offer and um, became a moot point. Um, Washington seems to be imploding at least a little bit, and maybe that core that they have is, is kind of starting to fray. Now, I'm, I'm speculating a lot here based on just some of the comments that we've seen, and we've seen the Twitter stuff back and forth between uh Gortat and Wall and 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 you know so maybe it's much to do about nothing but it also might be a sign that Washington is ready for kind of a shakeup and if they do start moving some of their pieces Otto Porter I think you look at as a guy Bradley Bill John Wall terrific players um that's probably your two most coveted players on that roster maybe they think they can flip Porter into uh, a bigger package. And now you're talking about, you know, Will Barton's from DC. So he would, om- the a package for Otto Porter would be pretty huge. It wouldn't be little, it would be multiple young players, maybe Trey Lyles, Barton Beasley, you know, something, something crazy like that. But the reason I bring this out, if you don't know Otto Porter's game, I always say he's like a six, eight Gary Harris, low, super low mistake player, great shooter, great cutter, just great stay in his lane kind of guy. I think I think a starting lineup of Murray Harris, Porter, Millsap, Jokic would be like the third or second best starting lineup in the NBA. And I'm not even kidding. I think that's Porter plays great defense. Harris, Porter, Millsap as a defensive trio, I think really carries your your first unit to being um average or better, probably better in time. 
And then offensively, uh, you, the, the 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 potential for that lineup is the number one offense in the league. So, I I, I really love Otto Porter, but again, that that one I think actually not realistic. It really depends on, you know, so many stories don't ever make it um, outside of the locker room and, and and maybe outside the rumor mill of of the NBA where um, agents know and other GMs kind of know what's going on. If the turmoil in Washington is worse um, than than it sounds, then maybe they they are considering a complete tear on. I don't expect too much to happen with the Nuggets. Maybe a little move. I think they, I think they'll probably really try to open up a spot for Torrey Craig. So maybe we see a, a deal that sends somebody out and and has the Nuggets bring somebody in that they can cut, like a non guaranteed contract or something like that. Um, but I think it'll be relatively quiet. Knock on wood. We'll see what happens. Um, and the, the next forty eight hours are always kind of fun. I, they're always fun because your phone goes off and you're, you're you're constantly checking to see what happened. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. If you haven't already, check out denverstiffs.com and check out the cool charity ticket drive that we're doing. We've got cool Rainbow Skyline socks on there that uh, they're fourteen dollars. They're really really cool, really really comfortable, um, and. All, and $10 of every sale goes to sending a, uh, a child who's dealing with cancer treatments, um, chemotherapy, whatever, to, to Pepsi Center to watch the Nuggets play on March 11th. It's going to be a cool event. I want to make a video of the event and everything so you can see where your donations are going. But if you haven't done it already, go and check it out. And, uh, you know, you can always share that post as well on your Facebook, tweet, Twitter, uh, or whatever. Or text it to a friend who you think might like the socks and might like the charity idea. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 